In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker... Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? You can get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Lily Tamaris. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics and U.S. news and politics. Happy Tuesday, Brian and Millie. Glad to have you both on today. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's rare when Millie and Brian are on together. Uh-huh, it is. Uh-huh. I think it's too rare. I think it's too rare. But, you know, Elise is on. A, she's not really on paw turning to leave, but I wanted to give her a couple days yeah. with, uh, with yeah. Rusty to get adjusted. But I think they're thriving. I think they're doing fine. Rusty Very looks exciting. great. Elisa invited me because we live, me and Elise live uh, really close to each other. So she invited me on an evening walk, but you know, there's something about Wednesday where everyone wants to do, it's like no one wants to do anything anytime. And then Wednesday, 80 people try to make plans with you and it's like, okay. That's true. That's true. I feel like over the weekend you think about like making weekday plans and nothing seems doable until Wednesday, (laughs) but then suddenly Wednesday Mm -hmm. comes along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone wants to hang out on Wednesday. So our breaking news this morning, we have Britney Spears news. Britney Spears is slamming Diane Sawyer for a 2003 interview in which the journalist accused Spears of a shopping addiction and breaking Justin Timberlake's heart. We remember this clip, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really hard to watch. Sawyer asked, what did you do to him, basically? It was very aggressive. She asked a lot of unkind questions. Last night, Britney posted a long Instagram post, a very long Instagram post, Uh, about the interview and some other things. She said this interview took place um, after she'd spent a year entirely alone in her apartment after splitting with Justin Timberlake. This breakup was really hard on her. She said she was not doing well at all, but regardless, she said that her dad and her manager put that woman in my home, that woman being Diane Sawyer, made me talk to her on national television, and she asked if I had a shopping problem. As far as her alleged shopping problem, Brittany wrote, quote, I should spend $1,000 if I want every day of my life, and Diane Sawyer can kiss my white ass. (laughs) Honestly, go off. Um, I do feel like there's two things, right? One, I feel Naturally. like... Yeah, two things, always. <laughs> You're always. like a graduate student. There are two things, right? Two we things. Have two, <laughs> two things are true. Two things can be true. One, no, no, no. But one thing I was like, fuck, like, that's crazy. And I, I know that this is commonplace, but it's like that this took place in her apartment of like just this kind mm-hmm. of violation of, of your safe space, of your haven. Um, It's just so fucked up. And then two... She also got chocolate and socks from the mall. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That was the my favorite part of that. She like made a point also in this post. She's deleted it, but she concludes that like now that she's able to take money out of an ATM, she does and she she seems like she like she can use her credit card, but it sounded to me like she just takes out cash because she can now. Yeah. So she says she took out $300 to buy wine, Christmas socks and 
chocolate. Those must be some, that's probably a nice bottle of wine, some nice Christmas socks, and some nice chocolate for $300. Well, like, in the grand scheme of money, and especially how much Britney Spears has in her Mm-hmm. checking account she probably $300 is not that much even <laughs> this is what I was thinking is that even when this happened Britney Spears was still very wealthy what defines a shopping addiction if you're extremely wealthy and can never run out of money and it's not having any negative consequences on your life is it a shopping addiction um I just also feel like you know this is probably as I've grown I'm just like not that you need people to be waiting on your hand and foot but like you're not shopping for your. You're employing people. You're getting shop, personal shoppers. You're getting people to do shit and curate shit for you. And like, I don't know. It's just like keeping people in business. I don't know. Outsource yeah. as much as you can. That's what. That's what I say. My my favorite line from this was when she said, um, "I should. I would like to say now, ma'am, I'm a Catholic slut. You want to join me at a mass, and I can serve your husband my certificate on shopping for anonymous players." That would have been hilarious if she said that. Yeah, it, that would have been amazing. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Is Diane Catholic? Does, is as her husband? Was I there... think because there was it was all basically being framed around Brittany. Did you cheat on Justin? Are you a slut? And mm-hmm. she like like are you like are you this kind of girl? Like she's like yeah, I am a slut. <laughs> yeah. you know, I like, think Brittany is like taking her power back, and you know sometimes yeah. her, sometimes her aim is a little off, and we're just gonna have to. We're just going to have to see it through. I sometimes wonder if we should report on things that she deletes, but this was just so purely positive and humorous. I think she should have kept it up. It doesn't damage her to share it. It sounds very rational and clear-headed to me. I wonder if the Catholic thing was because of, oops, I did it again. Because of the Deep Catholic cut. school uniform and shit, which is mm-hmm. just so, For I don't know. I mean, and it's not Britney's fault, but I'm like, the, the school girl thing is so sick to me. That's stuck to her it's as so well, yeah. It's so sick to me. Yeah. Um, but um, that's, you know, whatever. I wonder what was the motivation, you know, like what was occurring at this time? It's not like there's like she's been in the news, Brittany, in this dancer like multiple times previously this year. But I guess now that she has this ability, but like, is she it, like, what is she doing that's making this come up? I wonder. I like to think that maybe she was watching she was watching Drop Dead Gorgeous, which does glorify Diane Sawyer, and maybe she felt some type of way about it. That's where that's where I landed. That seems most likely to me. Drop Dead Gorgeous, incredible, perfect film. It's underrated. It's no notes. should be memeing it and talking about it all the time. No notes. No notes. All star cast. Great it's message. Beautiful. It's so funny. It's so good. We my, believe in Drop Dead Gorgeous. In my favorite is Britney. I always think about Brittany Murphy's line read of like, oh, yeah, well, Peter's gay. gay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So Britney Spears is somebody who absolutely could have been person of the year. 100%. Right there for the picking. That's Why a, not? That's beautiful a good choice. One. That's a good one, Amanda. Yeah. Instead, yeah, that's a good one. Time Magazine has named Elon Musk its person of the year for 2021. The magazine said that Elon Musk really, quote, came into his own in 2021, which just seemed like a funny juvenile. It's like, really, the bar is so low for men. It's like, you really came into your own. You grew into your face. Let's make you time person of the year. You came into your own at 55. (laughs) (laughs) Put him on the cover, person of the year. (laughs) So here are some things that it like, Time Magazine likes to sort of rationalize, you know, who they choose and why. Elon Musk became the world's richest man this year. He's actually the richest man ever, which 
is gross. It's kind of gross. It's not With that haircut tragedy. I know. It really focuses on like this man's influence. Tesla reached a valuation of a trillion dollars. It definitely does, I'll give it this, have influence on other automakers making more electric vehicles. But Tesla has also had plenty of issues with its autopilot feature, like that just kills people. There's a federal investigation underway into this feature and whether it should be called autopilot, lots of things. The article also points to the dominance of Tesla and SpaceX, to Musk's ability to bend governments and industry to the force of his ambition, and to influence cryptocurrency. Yeah, in their interview with Musk, Time does ask him, there's like this, there's a really long article, and there's also a 12-minute video that Brian sent along that pretty much captures it, and they're just talking about why they chose him and, and featuring some interviews with him. And he just deflects on that and says it's really no problem that he and others are so rich as long as they aren't just luxuriously spending. But also, Elon Musk spent this year bullying progressive politicians who want to tax him more, criticizing public health measures aimed at curbing the pandemic, separating from the mother of his seventh child, and tweeting about his own poops. So maybe he is actually the symbol of 2021 we deserve. Time, like I said, it's very self-important about this and explains its rationale. I forget sometimes, like, person of the year feels like a reward, but they have chosen unsavory people in the past. They chose Trump in 2016. They chose Putin in 2007. But the past couple years, it was Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Before that, it was Greta Thunberg. It just doesn't feel, uh, it just doesn't feel right. It feels offensive. Do you think it's to sell copies? Who wants that in their home? Do you? No, but, like... Maybe. I mean... Elon Musk does have stands. We know well, that. Well, it's like, like, yeah, I mean, it's like he, like they point out. A I lot mean, of stands. To, to get clicks, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. He has 65 million Twitter followers. Terrible. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I just don't know if it's like beneficial to give these like megalomaniacs more ammo. Like who already have this like grandiose self like view of self, but like in a dangerous, like global scale, <laughs> like do we need yeah. to like this man who already has so much power, make him feel even more powerful to make get clicks. Right. Like it's, it's, it's weird. Even recognizing that he has like flaws and that he does cause some harm, like conferring this person of the year on somebody, like that is a reward in itself. And I think you're right. We shouldn't be like rewarding this. Like what, Yes, he has plenty of positive contributions, but like so do plenty of other people. And he is not like a universally agreed agreed upon, like, I guess it's, I was going to say positive person, but I guess it it doesn't matter. But there were just so many other people I feel like it could have been to send a stronger message about the year we've had. There's There are people who, maybe not like universally positive because there are people who hate everybody, but it's just like, there are people who have caused less harm that have brought more positive contributions to the world, like you said. And just, there are people who have a better sense of humor (laughs) and like (laughs) are funnier. Like there's so many reasons to hate Elon Musk, but for me, one of the main things where he supports Babylon B, which is the worst satire publication um, known to existence. I even And it's a conservative, like It's a conservative fucking thing. And like, I even feel bad, like, bringing attention to it, but it's just like all of their punchlines are that are making fun of people who um, are non-binary and trans. Ugh. Like I, my gender is um, a fla- a kite, you know, that's like the literal punchline of every single article. They're trying to be like the, and then Elon Musk thinks it's hilarious. 
Elon Musk is constantly. And then it's just like, yeah, why don't you go and take care of your seven kids, you mm-hmm. asshole? Do you want to know something terrifying? They're all boys. Isn't that weird? Do you think yeah. it's by design or do you think that just <laughs> Maybe by design, maybe, he, yeah, but maybe from some sort of like, not not like he made them boys, but there's something about him that's been designed by something evil and he's just like spitting out more boys. Ay, ay. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. This forced me to think about like, okay, Amanda, what do you actually not like about Elon Musk? And I think it's like just the fundamental idea about somebody being that rich and wealthy and having this much influence and and thinking it's such a joke and just being so deflective and not taking any responsibility for... And well, he's also yeah. of the, the, the same like, per, of the type of like a Jeff Bezos where they will claim like that they've, yeah. are, they... I mean, yes, they are self-built to the, the point of where they are now, mm. but they are not... Like, they were wealthy beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, like, that's another thing that bothers me about him is that he seems to, like, really have this narrative where he is, you know, from the ground up. But, you know, he had foundation, definitely. Um, And, yeah, no, that's such a good point, Brian, because the foundation is apartheid South African fucking emerald mining. 
and like literally mm-hmm. killing black South. You, it, it, so evil, like so evil. That's how his family has his money, and it's just like I mean, there was this really great article in Daily Beast a few weeks ago that I shared about how this narrative of of every single person that we 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 celebrate for being this billionaire like innovative thinker all come from family money and Mm -hmm. it's not that you don't work hard it's not that whatever he didn't even invent tesla he just invested in it and made them name him as and like okay maybe he does research on investments that work well whatever but it's just like yeah you can take more risks and do more cool stuff if you have that safe, secure safety net and you're not working day to day. And then I think for me, the thing mm-hmm. that I don't like about him is like knowing all of that, having no compassion for people, targeting progressive politicians that are like, pay your fair, sh-, you know, you nobody literally ever. reply, reply guying to Bernie Sanders saying, I forgot you were still alive. That's so like rude. Trump level. And That's it's so not that rude. gross. And it's not even that Elon Musk doesn't pay enough taxes. He pretty much pays zero taxes. Right. Uh, so it's it's like maybe just pay the percentage you're supposed to, you should, probably should be paid based on your income. Yeah, and he says in this interview, it sounds like it's because of specific like disdain for the government. He's like, why can the government do more with this like than I can? And of course he's like, I can do good, it's to do good. And I have no doubt that, like most people that are that wealthy do donate a lot, but the, the wealth is so, is so huge. And yeah, it's like, these people are always gonna exist, these ultra wealthy. I just think it's been disturbing throughout this year how, like I don't care if Elon Musk just exists, what I don't like is how much of a thought leader he has become mm. in ways that I don't necessarily think is is positive and then does like contribute in some ways to his standum in an unhealthy way, in an antagonistic way. And yeah, it was just a, a weird, a weird move. Like I almost w- would have been more fine with him being given this time person of the year just based on the dominance of like Tesla and SpaceX. But the fact that they're explicitly working in the fact that he can move markets with a snarky tweet is what bothers me about it. I think too the 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 thing that you know I try to always get <clears throat> is just like nobody really does work or do any does anything alone. No one self like you're on American roads. You you benefit from workers having a public school education. That is all again me and my socialist stuff. But like that is all like <laughs> stuff that the government does. And you know people are like oh the government's broken. The government's broken. It's like. Yeah, you know, if the government has a program that's not providing results, they cut it. But with these billionaire charity and whatever, they get to decide who gets money and who doesn't. They get to, and then there's nobody auditing them or there's no like check to see if they're spending money correctly. So, and then they get tax breaks anyway. So it's like, we're in turn paying for you to do whatever you want instead of you putting into this collective pot and helping fix our roads or our bridges yep. or getting kids in pre-K or getting pre, you know, public school. You know what I mean? If we taxed some of these billionaires, then, you know, I personally don't think billionaires should exist, which in that we disagree. But if we did tax them correctly, you know, I feel like a lot of our our big infrastructure issues and, mm-hmm. you know, education issues and who knows, maybe even healthcare could be solved. But, you know. But yeah, totally. With. Seven kids and boys. I it's like a really interesting succession series in the future. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, we were doing this sort of like big like paid leave push tomorrow. Brian made a hilarious video about it, and we are gonna 
I was thinking, I always think about people's negative reactions to things. And even though paid leave is like such a, such a like, like something like 75 Americans support it, I was still thinking of all the people that could say something negative. And I know the things that people are going to say if we bring this to a wider audience is like, but it's small businesses that are going to have to pay for this and pay their employees. And it's because of that scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Like these people might be the same people that like hear Elon Musk being like, the government doesn't deserve your money. It's like, no, 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 there would, the government actually funds this program. And there's actually plenty of money out there mm -hmm. that billionaires are spending. It's like, it wouldn't have to work like this if you actually paid close enough attention mm -hmm. and saw that you could push lawmakers to tax the billionaires so that small businesses didn't have to worry about it. And I mm -hmm. feel like that part, yeah, they, they, they refuse, this guy refuses to acknowledge what like giving a little bit more or, or supporting the idea of people like him giving more could, could really do. But in the spirit of recognizing uh, of something positive, Brian, who would you have chosen for time person of the year of 2020, 2021? Well, I was going to say like the Renaissance, the Renaissance women of like the 2000s, like, like you said, <laughs> oh, Brittany yeah. and Paris and whoever else we would want to lump in with that. But then I was also thinking like the people who the scientists who worked on the vaccine would be, would have been a good one. It would have been like a nice, diverse group. I don't know. <laughs> and like they're yeah. saving humanity. Positive so. message. Mm -hmm. What about you, Millie? There's, um, you know, quite a few people that I was thinking of. And I'm sure as soon as we get off, this, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, this person, that person. I think for me, um, my person, like time people of the year would be anybody who snitched on an ex that was caught in the insurrection. <laughs> that, that's one person. Or those are people because there's that's so many so good, good juicy ones. Um, that, that was fueling me for weeks. Uh, Dolly Parton, of course, for the Moderna, uh, funding the Moderna vaccine. Stacey Abram, I want her to be person of the year all the time. Yeah. And, you know, personally, I think Megan the Stallion should be person of the year for being like a fucking, you know, having all these hit singles, whatever, and yep. graduating college, which I think is really important um, in business, what is in health. And like public yeah, health, business, like health administration and health administration, which I think is so cool. I think that like sends a great message of, um, you know, like stay in like not even just stay in school, but just like, you know, education yeah, is important yeah. no matter what. If I think about like the 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 equation, it seems like time applies to these people. Megan the Stallion absolutely would have fit. I would have picked and I think this is a huge I would have done Darnella Frazier. Because, like, the year was completely different because of her. She was the girl who, the teenager who filmed George Floyd and also testified yes. at that trial. Yes. And, like, we forget that if she had not done this, this would have been an incident report. Yep. Like, 100%. Um, me and Bridget were thinking about these earlier because I there are so many. Um, Elliot Page, Amanda mm -hmm. Gorman, mm -hmm. Michelle Wu, the Boston's first female mayor. Uh, Simone yeah. Biles, duh, Naomi Osaka would have been huge yeah. ones. And, like... I think both of those women were actually on Time Magazine this year. It seems like Time Magazine just sort of like botched its like swan song. And maybe it just didn't want to repeat any covers and it had already used up these women. But uh, and then finally, Sonia Sotomayor would have been a great one. You know, and I do. I, and I'm going to this is like the hill I'm going to die on. And I, I do believe this. But I feel like, you know, and I don't want to offend anyone on this podcast, but I feel like all the all the celebration and and uh a claim that RB, RBG gets, like, Sotomayor deserves. Absolutely. Because yeah. 
she's actually standing up still. You know what I mean? So yeah, if it were RBG writing these opinions, I mean, they would be on, they would be on like handkerchiefs on Etsy that people were getting for Christmas for, Absolutely. for sure. And I, I mm-hmm. hope that we get to that place as well. Also, finally, the ones we had on our list were the women who uh, held um, Andrew Cuomo accountable because that was brave as hell. Yes. So many people. But exactly again, the insurrection snitches. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Snitched on someone in an insurrection. You're person <sighs> of the year to me. And, <laughs> on, and braver than Elon Musk, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So next, we're going to share some pretty huge updates from the January 6th commission investigation. Don't tune out. These are amazing. These are funny. This is these are some updates I've been waiting to share all year. I'm glad they're uncovering some um, some newsworthy moments. So last night, the January 6th committee and the House released text messages that show Donald Trump Jr., several Fox News personalities and several lawmakers urging President Trump to call the insurrectionists away from the Capitol. Specifically, they were texting his chief of, chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to ask the president to do this. But there were also other texts from lawmakers. They weren't identified. Uh, expressing regret that the will of the people was not overturned that day. For example, there was one text sent to Mark Meadows that was like, yesterday was such a terrible day. I'm so sorry we couldn't overturn the election result. Not like because of the Did, They didn't say who sent it yet, though? It just says lawmaker. They, they released all these pictures. Um, they might be keeping that for like potentially pressing charges against those people. So as I said, they texted chief of staff at the time, Mark Meadows, who turned them over to the committee. Liz Cheney read them aloud last night. So one lawmaker texted Meadows, this president has to stop this ASAP. Good. Don Jr. texted Mark Meadows. He's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough. Meadows responded to that. I am pushing hard. I agree. Don Jr. texted back, we need an Oval Office address. He has to leave now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand. Which, hilarious that Don Jr. can't directly get in touch with his father. Of course. I mean, just obviously. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that Mark Meadows and Don Jr., both of those people knew what was going on was super serious when it was happening. Like, Meadows was saying, I know, I'm telling the president. And I believe after that point, it was hours until Trump even said anything on Twitter. So Fox News personalities also uh, were blowing up Mark Meadows' phone this day. Laura Ingram texted Meadows, Mark, the president, needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He's destroying his legacy. She was not the only one. Brian Kilmeade, the guy who's on in the morning, and Sean Hannity also desperately texted. Uh, Kilmeade texted, please get him on TV. Basically, all these people said, like, get him on. He has to make a statement. He has to make himself visibly calling these people off. This is bad for all of us. A lot of them said that, like, this is bad for us. All of those hosts day of, they did condemn the violence, but even right away, they were doubting how much of it was from the president's supporters. And obviously, since then, they've acted like nothing happened, when mm-hmm. in that moment, they clearly knew everything that was happening. Obviously, Fox News, they did not air the hearing last night. Of course did they any of these uh, surprise you? I just imagine Mark, <laughs> I would love to just see the scene of Mark Meadows just maniacally receiving these texts, like trying to trying to triage. Well, I just, just I did not. vividly remember that damn um, I vividly remember that day, and I remember when Trump actually did make a statement on TV because I was watching it live. His statement was still so bad. It was still like, you pushed us to come here. Like, that was kind of the message of like, we didn't want to get here, but y'all pushed us. And unfortunately, this election was fake. It wasn't even like telling anyone to really to, to stop. Exactly. It was so bad that the, like Jake Tapper was like, 
Uh, we're not even going to show the rest of this because this is so, it's not even news. This is terrible, you know? So it's, it's interesting that people in his team, in his surroundings were saying like how bad it was. And even when he did finally make a statement hours later, it was like, whatever, this is your fault. Like terrible. Mm -hmm. You always knew this white, that white house and Fox news were so like entwined, but just seeing how like how entwined they were is just so crazy. It's you know, such state TV. It's really scary that people think it's news. Yeah, you. I mean, I imagine that like some MSNBC people could be friendly with Joe Biden, but it is really hard to imagine Rachel Maddow texting Biden's chief of staff uh, in an event like this and being able to get through and have that impact and try to impact the messaging of the administration because of how it would make them look. Like, no, yeah. MSNBC, like, they would be on TV saying this is this is a disgrace, what's happening. Yeah, I wonder if this even opens these people up to some sort of, like, legal, legal vulnerability here. So that's where Meadows is. So he has released these text messages and 9,000 pages of other documents, but now he's going to stop participating uh, right after providing all of this. He... These documents show that he had a much bigger role than anyone previously knew. Mark Meadows encouraged members of Congress to object to the victory. He personally coordinated with Stop the Seal rally planners. They were texting Mark Meadows, the chief of staff. He also followed up on Trump's ask to pursue specific avenues to overturn the election or nullify votes. He was part of all of these conversations, asking state legislators to appoint slates of pro-Trump electors. Now, after providing all of those documents, he's saying, actually, everything else is privileged. Uh, this is executive privilege. I can't talk about this. But he's also currently promoting his book, which he's marketing based on it having conversations with the president. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, they had an effing, like, PowerPoint presentation. Like, like the people who were trying we to overturn the yet, election, yeah. they had, like, they 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 it they they knew what they were doing. It's just so it's so crazy. And also, I love that his it's called the chief's chief. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's so bad. Terrible. I, also, like they did not hand. You know, remember the transition process and how mm -hmm. difficult they made it for Trump and I mean for Biden. You know, to transition, and they weren't giving over documents and giving over things, and they had to go back and forth in courts and all that. Like. This is all from the top. So I, you know, I fucking well, hope that they implicate these these people because this is terrible. And and truly, it really brought when when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was like, they never flew the Confederate flag, not even during the know. Civil War in the Capitol. That's like highly disrespectful. And now it's just, it's so, you know, disheartening to know like how, insane things have gotten because I do feel like we're we're little frogs in a in a pot of water like mm -hmm. and things are heating up and heating up and you know we're not really acknowledging things but it is really really insane that it's like this. well it's interesting like you said how he originally Meadows was you know working with the committee he provided all of this stuff and then decided to not and, and then sue them to like get him to not like what happened in between then and then and also it's like so now you now everyone has all this evidence and you're not going to i guess they he's scared he might incriminate himself being asked questions based off of that That's i don't know but like, it's yeah. like you know what was but also the point it's of not like any of these people have have willingly participated i mean the thing that 
The thing that bums me out is that they, so they decided they're going to refer him to hold him in criminal contempt to the full house, which I'm sure they'll do that today. But they did with the, they did this with Bannon and Bannon isn't being like his trial for this or he doesn't have to appear until like late July. So like, mm. why, why are you, I'm not worried if I'm Mark Meadows really about what's going to happen to me. I'm probably rich. I have good lawyers. I know they scheduled Steve Bannon trial for July. Like I'm chilling through through the holidays and the early summer until I'm going to have to deal with this. So I don't know if there's any reason that can't be sped along to create more of like a threatening environment. But um, the texts seem big. The texts seem like a big. I mean, everything that happens with this is newsworthy. But I like when stuff like this bubbles into sort of like the mainstream because like everybody is paying attention now that there's like, oh my God, Don Jr. texted about his dad during the coup, and it's like. This is almost a year away, and people have mostly stopped talking about it. So I'm at least glad people are talking about it, and hopefully there will be a there will be more hot hot <clears throat> goss like this. Well, you know, it's so funny because somebody brought up that that uh, that officer from the Capitol. I saw that. Yeah, should be time of the year because he really did save so many politicians' lives. And it, you know, it's so funny, like, or you know that. That guy did what did do so much bravery and uh, many of his coworkers were killed mm -hmm. and all that, you know, and those same politicians that these people killed or were, were killed to protect are acknowledging that it wasn't even a big deal or that it was, you know, that that has ha that mm -hmm. has to hurt. And I, I think that they did, you know, interview some Republican Capitol Police officers and like. But I am, yeah. I always think about that. I'm like, what do you, you know, what do you even do if you're a Republican and you, you, you whatever well, you identify and then you see that these, these people are ignoring the death of your coworkers or and they're still there. It's not that bad. And they're still, there. they're still protecting them right now. Like mm -hmm. they see them every day. It's crazy. It must be, it must be like fucking hard. Yeah. And just to tie it back to how we opened, I mean, to have done something like Officer Goodman for Time Person of the Year, I think would have the insurrection, even though it happened in January this year, should be remembered for the insurrection 100 percent. And and maybe had they chosen somebody like Officer Goodman to really leave an impression and remind people of like there is what happened on January 6th was like unreal. Nothing like that has ever happened. Nothing like that hopefully will ever happen. Mm -hmm. um, and the more we can sort of like impress on people, hopefully the more urgency they feel about the things that we talk about. That is our show for today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye bye. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Batches.